Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, garbage piles up in Jackson as the mayor and city council remain in a dispute over a waste disposal contract. Then, leaders in Birmingham and New Orleans said they have too many dollar stores and they hurt other businesses. The Gulf States Newsroom takes a look at anti-dollar store laws. Plus, an abortion rights advocate weighs in on the latest federal court ruling on medication abortions. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Trash pickup in Jackson has halted as members of the city council and mayor's office disagree on who to award long term contracts to. The dispute started over a year ago when the city's prior agreement with waste management expired. The council voted against awarding the new contract to Richard's disposal, but Mayor Shokwe Antar Lamamba thought he could override the council's no vote and proceeded with an agreement with Richard's. The council has since filed a lawsuit against Lamamba, arguing the executive has no authority to veto or override a no vote from the council. That litigation is still tied up in the courts. But during a special meeting of the city council yesterday, one of the two items on the agenda was a motion to dismiss the suit against the mayor. Councilwoman Virgie Lindsay offered this thought. If nothing else, it will introduce the uh, opportunity for there to be some discussion among council members with the mayor. So perhaps we can, at the very least, reach some sort of conclusion and uh, settlement among ourselves before this matter has to go to a judge. The council voted against dismissing the suit. During debate, it was revealed the city has spent over $200,000 in legal fees and has only $400 remaining in that account. Richards has been picking up trash in Jackson as part of an emergency order that expired at the end of March. The other item on yesterday's agenda was a new long-term contract for Richards, but that item was pulled under the advice of the city's legal counsel. Richards is now suing the city for wrongful denial of contract. Mayor Lamumba says the city should wait for the court's ruling before signing a new long-term contract agreement. The city attorney advises the city as a body, and because of that, she advised that it was in our legal interest not to go forward with this today, right? Uh, and instead, the court will determine whether or not 
Richard's claims are legitimate, right? And so that will be a proceeding that we will have at some date. We don't know yet. While residents are currently unable to have trash picked up at their curb, the city has opened several dumping locations where they can bring their trash. But in a letter sent to the city by the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality, officials claim this is not a sanitary option. Mayor Lumumba says the city is already working with the agency to find other options. We know that MDEQ uh, made it clear that are imperfect, and I want to be clear, I always said that, that how we were picking up trash in the absence of a garbage contract, I said was imperfect. I said it was imperfect because we don't have the equipment and we don't have the people in order to pick up trash. But what we were trying to do is to, you know, mitigate or, or make that challenge less of as significant for you. And so we said we're putting forward this imperfect solution. MDEQ over the weekend provided a letter saying that it isn't sufficient. We have a meeting scheduled with MDEQ on Wednesday of this week where we will talk about our plan. We will talk about the limitations and why we haven't put a garbage bin in every ward. It is because we don't have, a, we don't have the ability to tote it away. We don't have the trucks. We don't have the personnel in order to monitor that. And so what we're trying to do is put forth our best efforts. Still, residents of Jackson want and need a way for their trash to be collected. Lamumba says an emergency contract with Richards could be on the table. Now, what I am going to talk to our city attorney about is about whether or not we can put forward some form of an emergency contract that not only works for the city and the city council, right, but also works for Richard's disposal while the rest of this legal ma- the rest of these legal matters are uh, being worked out. Uh, we can't just say you can't say something like we're going to give them a three month emergency because it has to work for the company too. They have to say we're willing to take that. We're ha- they have to say we're, that that is an expense for leasing my trucks longer, paying my workforce when they have uncertainty in their jobs. That is something that I can maintain. And so what we hope to do is put forth an emergency option based on the council's desire to have some matters litigated and our collective desire, council included everybody, of picking up trash. Uh, I'm going to talk to the city attorney about that. My best judgment is we're aiming somewhere around Wednesday for that meeting. Again, that's Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lumumba on the trash situation in the city. Coming up, leaders in Birmingham and New Orleans said they have too many dollar stores and they hurt other businesses. The Gulf States Newsroom takes a look at anti-dollar store laws. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. If you aren't near a radio, you can still listen to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. You can download the MPB Public Media app for your smartphone or listen online at mpbonline.org. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Dollar General plans to open more than 1,000 new stores across the country this year, but some cities say they already have too many dollar stores, and that makes it tough for other businesses to compete. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom checks in on how some southern cities have tried to slow the dollar spread. Here's our first uh, dollar store. It will not be the last. We have quite a few. Look, we have so many. I don't even know where all of them are at. I'm getting a driving tour of New Orleans East from Sean Bruno. He's the chair of the East New Orleans Business Development District. Bruno says this area used to have plenty of restaurants, an ice skating rink, and a huge plaza. You see residents out on the weekends picking up trash, cleaning out the drains, you know, because we take pride in our community and we care. But that mall's now closed and lots of big stores have also left after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. In their place today are about a dozen dollar stores. Bruno says that makes it harder to recruit new businesses because having so many dollar stores creates a look of poverty. They're not well lit. They're not well kept. It promotes an image that that's all you can have are dollar stores. So New Orleans said no new dollar stores, at least within a mile of one that's already there. It made that law in 2019, and more than 50 other U.S. cities and counties passed similar restrictions. In New Orleans East, the rule is no new dollar store within two miles of another one because they're already packed in here pretty tight. So this is a family dollar. That's a dollar general. Oh, and you got a dollar tree right over there, too. And you got got a dollar tree. Right, exactly. That's three dollar stores in roughly a half mile. And they're still open after the law passed because it has a major limitation. It doesn't close down any stores that were already there before the law passed. But like any business, some have since closed down on their own. They knocked it down. Used to be a dollar store right here. So that's one less dollar store in New Orleans East. Is that a win? You hate to see a business close down. So I don't I don't look at it as a win. But he's happy the law means another dollar store can't take its place. Oh, man, that's a lot of bull. Larry Bowman's lived in New Orleans East since the 70s. The dollar store is what people are looking for. They're looking for a bargain, a good deal, and something convenient. He's waiting for someone in the parking lot that includes a grocery store flanked by two different dollar stores. Now, Bowman, he loves dollar stores. And having so many is kind of the point. The more dollar stores, the easier to quickly pick up what you're missing at home. Some milk or some sugar or some coffee or something. And, you know, to me, it's beneficiary for the people that's in that neighborhood. So you want there to be more dollar stores? Yeah, definitely. It's more convenient for you. I think we have enough dollar stores or small stores around here. Irma Lopez also lives in New Orleans East and also likes dollar stores, especially on her limited income. But she says there are too many and not enough of the big stores that used to be here. We had uh, Billards, uh, Sears, so we are being deprived of the nice stores as well. And that's the big idea behind the anti-dollar store zoning in New Orleans and other cities. Fewer or at least no new dollar stores will make it easier to recruit other businesses. The big dream being grocery stores. Now, New Orleans East hasn't been able to recruit a new grocer since the law started. But Birmingham also passed a dollar store law in 2019, and that city recently made the dream happen. We're standing on what will be the full-service food giant. Cornell Wesley handles economic development for Birmingham. The city's Five Point West neighborhood hasn't had a grocery store for five years. That changed with this now-open food giant, which put a smile on Wesley's face. Yeah, man. 
I smile because I grew up in, in Birmingham and I grew up in a food desert. So I know what this will yield and what this will mean for this community. So did the law help? Well, he says Food Giant wasn't really concerned about dollar stores. This one's literally opening up right next to a family dollar. Wesley says the more important thing was the incentives. In this case, more than half a million dollars from the city to renovate the space. But Wesley, he's the guy who has to make the pitch to grocery stores, why they should move into neighborhoods without one. And he says it's harder to make that case if a CEO comes by and sees nothing but dollar stores. It's like, where are we going to capture clients if there's five or ten of these? So you could insert any brand there, and it would still present the same challenge. It's just that other brands aren't opening their stores just a few blocks apart. In separate statements, Dollar General and Family Dollar said their stores are compliments to grocers. And Dollar General added these kinds of bans only hurt customers who can rely on these stores to stretch budgets already squeezed by inflation. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public media stations in Louisiana and Alabama. Coming up, an abortion rights advocate weighs in on the latest federal court ruling about medication abortions. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The MPB Public Media app just got an update. It's now easier than ever to interact with your favorite MPB local shows and experts. With the brand new Talk To Us feature, you can engage with your favorite MPB local shows anytime, day or night, directly through the app. Simply select Talk To Us from the MPB Public Media app's menu. There, you can leave a question, share show ideas, or simply just say hello. With the new Talk To Us feature, you have access to your favorite MPB local shows and experts anytime you want to talk. Hi, Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Please join me and my colleagues for the Mississippi Arts Hour, where we have in-depth conversations with different creative Mississippians. That's the Mississippi Arts Hour, Sundays at 5 on Think Radio, or download it as a podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The U.S. Justice Department is appealing a Texas court ruling that ordered the Food and Drug Administration to suspend its approval of the abortion pill mefaprestone nationwide. Its appeal, the Justice Department called the decision extraordinary and unprecedented in that appeal. Friday's ruling from the U.S. District Court over the legality of the abortion medication put in doubt access to the drug that has been widely available for more than 20 years. Michelle Colon is executive director of Shiro Mississippi, an advocacy group for women of color. We talked to her about the latest on restricting abortion options and what role the issue still has in Mississippi. Because of the laws in Mississippi, <laughs> um, I cannot, it's against the law for me or anybody else to, you know, provide anyone with pills, um, uh, what we call the abortion pills, whether it's misoprostol or misoprostine. Um, and it's also against the law for me to even, like, uh, kind of tell them where to get them from. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to do anything or say anything that's going to... <laughs> um, you know, put me or my organization at jeopardy. What I can say is, is that it's a known fact. People can, you know, you can go online there. You can, 
you know, there are there are agencies, there are groups out there. People are still um, getting these medications, and this is not going to this this ruling is not going to stop um, folks from from purchasing and acquiring these drugs to terminate their pregnancies. What it will do is that uh, it makes it harder for the folks who are traveling to clinics and even clinics where abortion is legal. You know what I'm saying? And as we know, the majority of abortion uh, for the last couple of years has been the, the, med- the medication abortion, right? And so this takes the, the power away from clinics. It takes the power away from the individual to be able to, you know, um, self-manage their abortions in their homes or wherever in their safe places um, in that aspect. But they can still people will still be able to access these medications. It's a two-drug um, protocol. So it yeah, sounds like it, it will be harder to get, especially for folks who maybe don't have access to the Internet, maybe don't have uh, a good working knowledge of how to research this. Yeah, so the the missy the drug the misoprostol is not going to be something they'll be able to get, but the misoprostol is definitely something that you know, and and we can't discount that misoprostol is still, you know, that's the the other drug, and that is a drug that can that um, can still be used and is still very much effective um, in self managing uh, abortions, and um, those th- that particular medication is still readily available. Do you know where Mississippi women, by and large, are going to get their abortions now? The majority of the people, um, wow, the majority of the people are, are, if they can get an appointment, are going to the clinics in Illinois. Um, the rest of them are going, uh, you know, in, in, again, if they can get an appointment, are going to Florida. They're going out on the other side of Florida to, like, uh, um, uh, excuse me, the eastern side of Florida. So they're either going to Tampa Bay, they're going on that side. Um, but again, the closest the closest clinics are in Illinois, and there are four clinics now: um, two in Carbondale, one in Granite City, Illinois, and one in Fairview Heights. What can you do for women at this point? Because you said you can't tell them where to get the medication, you can't distribute the medication. What can you do? So the first thing I can do and what I am doing is I am assisting uh, pregnant Mississippians in navigating this process to get them to a clinic if they want to have uh, their abortions, um, a safe legal abortion. Um, The other thing is, is that I'm fundraising to make sure that we have the funding available to assist those individuals with this process. Um, The other thing is is definitely educating them on what what the options are and, and, and the science behind the options. So there's a lot going on as far as, you know, um, you know, talking to people about what this decision means, you know, you know, because it's got a lot of people in a frenzy, those people who don't understand, you know, the, 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 the landscape. Um, I have to function as an individual and as someone within an organization, I have to function in the, you know, in the framework of the law. So what I do is I in helping individuals, I don't want to jeopardize them nor myself. So what I do is help them get to a clinic where they can have a legal abortion and help them, you know, uh, 
garner any uh, financial resources and support that they need in making that trip to have their procedures. Your outlook moving forward with this issue, do you see a turnaround or do you see abortion eventually being outlawed nationwide? The attempts to outlaw abortion nationwide uh, will continue. And the defense of uh, protecting abortion access will continue as well. We are not backing down. I am not backing down. I am not going anywhere. Um, Because people uh, seeking and wanting and needing abortions, that need, want, and want is not going away, regardless of how anti-abortion legislatures spend the message and the narrative. Um, Abortion is health care. It should be readily available. It should be free, and it should be on demand. Um, Folks should not have to go outside of their communities and travel across country to get necessary reproductive health care. So, yeah, those efforts will continue, and so will ours. We are not going to stop. We are not resting, not one day. And my last question, you know, we've got elections coming up. Do you see this as being an issue that will gain traction in Mississippi? I don't really think, you know, look, the one thing about Mississippi is, you know, all you have to do is say you're pro-life and you're pro-gun and you're pro-God. That, that's, that, that's, that's your only criteria and that's your only experience to run for office, right? Um, you know, look, no one is doing abortions in the state of Mississippi, uh, but they would definitely keep bringing that issue up about how they're, you know, they're pro-life, they're this, they're that. It, it's sad because, um, you know, <laughs> this is a health care, this is about health care, this is about building stronger Mississippians and building a stronger Mississippi, and um, you can't do that uh, if, you know, you have your elected officials constantly supporting and running on a platform that is discriminatory, that is based on white supremacy, that is based in misogyny, um, and, uh, and not based in science. You know, these are people who are not doctors. These are not medical profession, professionals. These are people who have taken an issue, and this is about controlling women's bodies, people who can have children. Um, this is what this is really about. And it's about, you know, maintaining power. Uh, so, you know, I really don't feel that it's going to make a difference either way in Mississippi. I mean, they won. I mean, abortion is off the table now. You can't say, well, I'm running to Mississippi because I'm against abortion. I want to show. They've got it. There is no more. You know, no one is doing abortions in Mississippi. Let's be clear. They weren't really they weren't doing them before. The clinic was the only person who was doing abortions in Mississippi. So, I mean, if they want to continue to use that to garner support, you know, again, it is something that brings out their folks, you know, in ma- mass to the to the polls. You know, th- you know, that's what they're going to do, you know, but it, it, it's basically a moot issue in Mississippi. Michelle Cologne, executive director of Shiro, Mississippi. Thank you so much for speaking with us about these important issues. You're welcome, Desiree. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.